as we kick off training camp and the season that is coming up. Uh, it's time to discuss the state of the Sharks franchise. We're going to kind of have a nice overview of what happened this offseason and start to look ahead to the 2023-2024 season. Uh, so all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at Inside the Inc. Inside the Rink, excuse me. Uh, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably part of the Locked on Network, where we cover your team every day. And we are back to being five days a week. So if you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts. And of course, uh, you can also watch on YouTube as well. And this is the episode for maybe if you're kind of enjoying the off season, uh, you, you've been kind of checking out other things and you're just starting to kind of get back into things with, with training camp kicking off on Thursday. Um, you know, we got the preseason games this weekend just had the rookie tournament, you know, maybe you're, you're just wanting kind of a nice refresher on what happened. This is that episode for you. So I'm going, if you've been listening to locked on sharks all summer long, um, you're going to, the questions are going to sound very familiar because these are the same questions I've asked every one of our specific uh, opponents in my state of the franchise. Uh, and I thought it was a good idea to look at where the sharks are at. And especially now that we've heard from every, you know, somebody who represents every, uh, every, team in the Pacific and kind of where the Sharks stack up. So um, let's start with the state of the Sharks franchise. And it can be described in one word, rebuild. Uh, this team is finally, the franchise is finally accepting um, that this is a rebuild, right? In the past, a little over a year, you've traded Brett Burns, you trade Timo Meyer, and then this summer you traded Eric Carlson um, in an effort to try to gain more assets and get younger and faster and all that jazz. And Mike Greer has fully accepted that this is a rebuild. He's been doing um, a good job of trying to shed some of these larger contracts, give themselves cap flexibility and assets in the future, uh, right? You know, get adding a potential first round pick. Go Devils, um, you know, in, in this year's upcoming draft, another first round pick, uh, top 10 protected from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, the Sharks who are probably going to be one of the five worst teams in the NHL. Um, this season, you're setting yourself up for future success by going through some pain right now as you try to kind of work through some of your bad contracts, um, try to get some of these young players starting to integrate into the system. But it's been a long time coming for the Sharks, right? And they, this team and franchise was very skeptical of even that word rebuild, right? We heard reload, we heard retool on the fly, we heard basically ever every other R word except for rebuild. And this, you could tell the shift in philosophy last season, right? Um, especially with the Timo Meyer trade was kind of the big move towards that. And then the Eric Carlson trade was kind of the the everybody knew the writing on the wall there with Carlson. We'll get to Carlson here in a minute, but, um, but 
the future is looking bright, right? Um, you you feel good about a lot of the prospects, right? Uh, we'll get into the you know into this year's draft, but you know the additions of Will Smith and Quentin Musty, William Eklund, you know your Bordalo and Robbins and Gushin, and you you feel good about the future of the prospects, and the the Sharks are on their way to being a competitive team here in some time in the future. Um, as the Sharks will soon have cap space and they're going to have a lot of young high-end talent um, in the pipeline here. And you've, you've been following along for, you know, any of, of the prospect discussions, right? You, you've seen over the past couple of years where the Sharks prospect pipeline has been kind of slowly climbing up the rankings. Um, and, you know, a lot of this year, a lot of prospects, uh, people have the prospects for the Sharks prospect pool around number 10, but um I think for the state of franchise, this is a much needed rebuild um, to try to kind of find sustained success in the future. The biggest storyline for the, this offseason, though, of course, was Eric Carlson and when and if he was going to be traded and how much were the Sharks going to have to get of cap space and Eric Carlson saga, right? Which, of course, was uh, finally, finally figured out. Um in August with Eric Carlson being traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, again, in return, uh, Mikel Granlund, uh, part of a three-team deal. Mikel Granlund, uh, Jan Ruda, and then Mike Hoffman coming over to San Jose, plus a first-round pick. And the Sharks only having to eat uh, a million, $1.5 million uh, for the next four seasons, the length of Eric Carlson's contract. Um, so basically taking on some bad contracts in Hoffman, Granlin, and Jan Ruda's uh, his okay contract. Um, short-term pain for some long-term, you know, flexibility, right? You're going to go through two years of bad contracts with Hoffman. Well, Hoffman's on last year of his deal, but with Granlin, who's on a two-year deal. Um, and then you're going to see basically kind of $10 million freed up, right as the Sharks are hoping to start to exit that rebuild and start to become that fun, young, competitive team. Um, and then start to have to look to pay young players like Eklund, um, potentially Will Smith. Problems for the future, for future Sharks, but going to have some flexibility if they want to be aggressive and free agency. Um, but the Eric Carlson trade, right? You're, you're sending away a Norris winning 101 point player uh, to the Penguins who are looking to kind of make one last run. Um, and it feels very almost 2018 Sharks ish, right? Where the Sharks trying to add Eric Carlson to make a run with a long established core of Joe Thornton's and your Patrick Marlowe's and Joe Pavelski's. And of course we know the story of that season where it just didn't quite work out at the end, but uh, a lot of parallels between them, except for Crosby and company have some cups, uh, you know, that they can point to some banners in the, um, in the rafters there, but um, a lot of parallels to that, to that season early for, to that trade, at least it's just um, now these sharks are on the, other end of it where um hoping that 2024 first round pick uh turns out to be pretty solid but you know i think that was the big kind of the big storyline going to this offseason and you know is i think the other kind of minor storyline was is going to be how is mike Greer going to continue to kind of reshape this franchise right um if you remember, he was hired basically two days before the draft last offseason um, and kind of thrown into it. And 
we've seen him be able to kind of you start to see some of his plan come together and the type of players he wants and uh, what he did in free agency this offseason and kind of taking a swing on a lot of guys who maybe were undervalued other places um, or maybe just didn't get um, opportunities or maybe kind of lower value. And we'll talk about some of those additions here in a minute when we go through the kind of the offseason review, but, you know, kind of taking swings on these guys, giving them an opportunity here to see if they can either turn into um, long-term pieces for the Sharks or if they can turn into assets that they can um, trade away in the, the near future for longer term assets, uh, potentially prospects or picks. So again, kind of the big overarching with the, with the Sharks franchise is just new change of direction of trying to become the, a younger, more competitive team in the future. As you shed away some of these older contracts, um, stalwarts in the organization, right? Um, you know, like I said, Timo Meyer, who was considered probably the best Sharks draft pick since Tomas Hurdle, um, you know, is, well, it was well on his way to be a 40 goal scorer for the Sharks before his trade. Um, you know, Eric Carlson, who was supposed to be the last piece for the Sharks and their their quest for a Stanley Cup. Um, getting rid of some of these names and looking towards the future and what much needed, honestly, direction for the Sharks. So um, before we kind of review the offseason, we'll look at the draft, uh, look at free agency, look at some of the trades uh, that Mike Greer made. I do want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our good friends over at FanDuel and. Right now, the NFL's back. And if you want to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, they've got you covered because right now, new customers uh, can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Um, so if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app is super easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, uh, player props, over-unders, a bunch of fun stuff. Maybe uh, Christian McCaffrey score a touchdown, like anytime touchdown. That just feels like a no-brainer, right? The way Christian McCaffrey is playing right now. Um, and there's nothing better than rooting for your favorite players to do awesome things. Uh, maybe you're, uh, you know, Tua Tungabailoa to win the MVP, which I think he has the, uh, I think he's he's the favorite right now. A Dolphin player potentially winning the MVP. What a world that we're living in. So if you want to get in on the action right now, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so this offseason, Sharks, my career, I really, really enjoy enjoyed what my career did this offseason. So we'll start with the draft because that was chronologically what came first. Uh, Sharks picking fourth, and, of course, uh, they picked the Boston College prospect, uh, Will Smith, who will be uh, – is in, in – He's on campus now. Um, I think he kicks off his season October 7th. Uh, we will be covering Will Smith extensively here at Locked on Sharks, of course, because um, the future is a children, and I believe in that future. But Will Smith, um, there was plenty of debate between the Mitchkov or Will Smith. Of course, Mitchkov ended up going seventh to the Flyers. Uh, Mitchkov, of course, had a little bit of drama at the beginning with his, his KHL season where he was basically a healthy scratch until getting loaned again, which was a bit of a worry with, with, with Mitchkov. But uh, Will Smith 
going to be going to Boston College this year. Um, the big story with him is will he be a one-and-done type player where he plays one year of college and then signs his uh, ELC to come play with the Sharks, or is he a two-year guy? So we will be tracking kind of where Will Smith is all season long here at Lockdown Sharks. Um, second uh, pick of, of the draft or the first round that they use uh, from the New Jersey Devils as part of the team of Meyer trade, they got Quentin Musty and Musty by a lot of people, including our good friend, Tony Ferrari, considered a top 15, Tony Ferrari at number 12. Uh, he slipped to the Sharks at 26 and he is already looking like an absolute monster. Uh, if you want to go, I talked about Musty on uh, yesterday's uh, episode where we kind of did a nice little recap of the rookie face-off at least the first two days and i wrote about musty on inside the rink you can go check out that on what we learned from the uh, sharks face-off um as well but musty looks like uh he's got a little bit of way to go but um you can see the size the speed the skill um he's going to be an absolute monster especially in the offensive zone just a four checking machine where he is just going to do whatever it takes to get the puck and once he continues to kind of grow and develop um the sharks might have committed actual like highway robbery getting him at 26 followed up with uh casper Hultonen, who preseason was kind of considered a, a potential top 20 pick by a lot of people fell to the second round um with him just a quick reminder his shot is, is kind of the big thing with him uh he'll be playing in the ohl with the london knights this season but uh so we can, of course keep track of all the prospects here at Locked on Sharks, but um, Halton, you know, coming over from played last year in the men's uh, uh, Liga League in Finland, um, is going to be playing, getting more minutes, kind of more opportunity, yes, in the OHL where he'll be playing against guys his own age. So you should see a, a kind of big growth from him this year. Um, some of the other guys are really like uh, Luca Cagnoni, who the Sharks drafted in the fourth round at 123. Um, a defenseman, a um, little bit smaller guy, but he has all the skill in the world to be a great two-way defenseman. And he, again, with these kind of, I've discussed it at length with Cagnoni, but um, these these smaller player defensemen, they're either amazing in the NHL, they never uh, kind of make it. Like look at Ryan Merkley, but um, again, getting Cagnoni in the fourth round, um, you saw a little bit of flashes again over the weekend with him. And um, I, I think he'll be playing in the, the WHL with the Portland Winterhawks and um, expect him to have a monster, monster season with Portland this year. So um, didn't walk away with the goalie. That's kind of the one thing I really hoped that that my career would do at this draft. But uh, the, the goalie board just didn't really shake out for the Sharks. But uh, they'll continue their quest to look for a long-term goalie answer. So um, transitioning to free agency, we'll call it, put some of the um, – Small trades in here. Um, we'll start with the Anthony Duclair trade, right? Um, I think that was one of the kind of the, the headlines of the Sharks free agency was trading for Anthony Duclair from the Florida Panthers, where they gave up Stephen Lawrence um, and a 2025, I believe, fourth or fifth round pick. Um, great move. Uh, I'm going to start with that. I think Anthony Duclair is a perfect buy low asset. Uh, especially on a Florida Panthers team that is kind of squeezed for cap space. Um, you got the better player in this deal. Steve Lorenz, perfectly fine fourth line player. Anthony Duclair is a former 30 point, 30 goal scorer in this, the league just two years ago. And I know he's coming off an Achilles injury and there is that worry that maybe he's never quite the same guy, but um, he's last year of his deal. It's a very affordable deal. 
Um, he's only 28. You can really, if, if he has a good season, you can trade him at the trade deadline and get yourself a nice quality asset back. Um, or if he has a good season, you want to keep him around, you can sign him to kind of a, a, a midterm type of deal uh, when you're going to have some more cap space next offseason. Um, perfect buy low type of candidate. Uh, another kind of buy low trade was the McKenzie Blackwood trade that the Sharks made right before the draft. Uh, acquiring Mackenzie Blackwood from the New Jersey Devils, Mike Greer going back to New Jersey, um, for a sixth-round pick in, la- in the 2023 draft. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood, pre-COVID, looked like a potential goalie of the future for the Devils. Um, dealt with some injuries, got passed up. Um, but again, another swing at a, a guy who has starter upside, and you only gave up a sixth-round pick, right? Sixth-round picks, okay, whatever, like, that's fine. Um, Andrew Cogliano got traded for a fifth round pick. So Andrew Cogliano is a cromulent fourth line, you know, good defensive player. He gave up a, a six round pick for, again, another buy low candidate on Mackenzie Blackwood. And he's only signed to a two year deal. So if he doesn't play well, you either, it's going to help your cause to try to get a good draft pick. So, um, an actual free agency sharks are pretty quiet with the money, right? You know, they're, they're kind of looking with an eye towards the future. Um, you know, they, they brought in, um, of course they, you know, got Jan Ruda from the, from the trade, but defensively they brought in uh sign Kyle Burroughs to a three year, $1.1 million deal. Uh 28 year old defenseman who's played the last couple seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. I'm um, going to kind of fit into that, that kind of middle pairing probably especially now with eric carlson being gone um you know good defensively not much offensively um but is a right-handed shots and, and the sharks just don't have a ton of kind of right-handed shots uh on the defense um right now in the forward group um they took a big swing on on philip zadina who was a former six overall pick by the new jersey uh, sorry by the detroit red wings um i have new jersey on the Go Devils. Um, have New Jersey on the mind. But uh, Zadina is a you know former six-round pick who just never quite clicked in Detroit and have also dealt with injuries. Another buy-low candidate signed him to a one-year, $1.1 million deal after asking Detroit to terminate his contract so that he could become a free agent uh, and then chose to sign with San Jose because uh, he believed in uh, David Quinn. And he also is, wanted a, an opportunity. I think he's going to have an opportunity here too. Uh, another guy and is also an RFA. So if he has a great season, you have his rights. You can re-sign him. Um, or if he's bad, you just don't have to re-sign him. And, you know, that's, you have plenty of guys who are going to be starting to kind of infiltrate here from, from the younger, uh, you know, from the Barracuda soon. Um, Sign up with another couple uh, guys like a Giovanni Smith, who another former Red Wings slash Panther um, is probably going to be a floater between the, the Barracuda and, and the Sharks. Um, and then also signed a good old friend, Ryan Carpenter, who's probably going to be mostly a Barracuda guy, but almost like the Andrew Agazzino of, of, from last year, where if you need him to come up and play some NHL games, he's going to come up and be a, a, a professional. Um, or if you need him down in the Barracuda, kind of being the leader, uh, showing the young guys how to get things done, that that's going to be where he uh, sits. Um, they also signed a goalie prospect, uh, Georgie Romanov, who was in a 
uh, over in Russia last year. He's 23. Not much known about him. Um, I thought he looked pretty. He looked okay on, on Friday. So um, going to be interesting to kind of see what he does. Um, and then they also traded for Leon Gavanki, uh, who is a defenseman, um, a kind of an AHL defenseman. That looked really good in the AHL with the Winnipeg Jets, but now hasn't really got a chance to play um, in the NHL. Potential guy who a lot of has provided a lot of offense in the AHL and could be uh, could be a, a potential dude for uh, here in the future. So, um, but nothing big, right? A lot of small moves here, just as, as the structure kind of continuing to churn the roster and look towards the future, right? Kyle Burris was the longest deal. Um, at three at three years and Mackenzie Blackwood was the biggest deal and it was literally like two point something million dollars and then the circus just kind of took care of their own guys you know in Zetterlin um, you know I think that was kind of the, the big one right with Zetterlin um, this offseason but again just nothing major nothing earth chattering just looking towards the future uh, with with the Sharks as they kind of continue this rebuild um, so before we continue and we kind of look ahead to the 2023 season um, and, you know, kind of what's the best and worst case for the Sharks, who I think is the most important player for the Sharks this season and, and where they finish in the Pacific. And if you've been listening to Lockdown Sharks, you already know where I am going to have the Sharks uh, pegged in, in the Pacific. But before we get any further, do need to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical and uh, there's nothing worse than getting caught unprepared, uh, right? If there's a um, disaster, if there's an emergency, if there's, you know, you just never know what happens sometimes with life. Um, that's where Jace Medical comes in with their Jace case. Uh, the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Uh, Jace Medical simple. They handle everything uh, from online evaluation to a licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and an ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Uh, save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off using uh, Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. All right, um, so best case and a worst case scenarios for the Sharks. And I'm going to go this from my personal point of view and what I think is best for the franchise. And the best case scenario is the Sharks are the worst team in the NHL. Um, I know this sounds weird, right, as fans of the Sharks, but um, being the worst team in the NHL grants you the opportunity to pick very high in the NHL draft, right? If you go into the, with, as the worst team with the most, uh, you know, the most ping pong balls, you're picking at three at worst, right? Um, and while there's no Connor Bernard in this draft, there's still a very good, a lot of good players, including a former junior shark, Macklin Celebrini, who's very early in the process is projected to be the first overall pick right now. Again, things change uh, throughout the season, but um, best case scenario is this team is really bad, right? Um, and they get the first overall pick and you can add a, another corner franchise cornerstone piece to your prospect pool as you continue this rebuild. And then having, if it's a Celebrini, 
and then you have a Will Smith and a Quentin Musty and an Eklund. Like then you start to see the pieces coming together of what this team um, could actually be. Um, on the flip side, the worst possible scenario is this team is too good to be in the running for one of the worst teams, but they're bad enough where they're not a playoff team. And being a playoff team is really would be fun, right? Covering a team that goes to the playoffs. Um, would be fun to to follow along that team, especially with what we've had the past couple of seasons for the Sharks. But um, I've said it before, and I'll see it, say it again. The creamy middle is death, right? It is the worst place to be as, as a franchise um, because you're usually directionless. And for this franchise right now, the best possible thing for them is to continue to bottom out, add quality, quality assets in the top of the draft, um, and then let these assets marinate. And as you can let them be the foundation of your new core. Um, that's the best for long-term sustainable success, right? Look at the New Jersey Devils. They were bad for a bunch of years, and now they're on their way to being an absolute powerhouse in the NHL for years to come because they have a lot of young players under contract who are going to be who are superstars and going to be key pieces of their franchise for the foreseeable future. Um, if you want to do that, you need to suffer for a couple seasons, and the Sharks are on their way through suffering for a couple seasons. So, um, yeah, don't be the creamy middle death. That is, is that is the worst. So, um, the most important player this season, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, the most important man in, in San Jose is William Eklund, the Sharks' 2021 uh, first-round pick, seventh overall. Um, this is the season for him to kind of – show why he was the seventh or worth being the seventh overall pick. And a lot of people had him as potentially the best player in the draft. Um, coming back, had shoulder surgery in the offseason. Um, saw him at the, you know, we saw him at a game on, on Friday in the rookie showcase. Looked fast, looked healthy. He talked about how his, he has two working shoulders now. Um, he's going to be fighting for a, a job at a training camp, but I think he's one of the six best forwards among the Sharks. And he should be playing a lot of meaningful NHL games this year. Um, if he's not on the Sharks to begin with, it won't be long until he's on the Sharks. And he should stay on the Sharks because, again, his development is the most important uh, thing in San Jose right now. Um, other, Again, getting a first pick, but making sure William Eklund is in a healthy environment to succeed, putting him with good players like Tomas Hurdle, Logan Gator, signing him with guys who where he doesn't have to kind of carry a line and he can work his way into the NHL. Um, again, just putting him in a position to succeed. That's what Couture and Hurdle are there for right now. They are there to kind of help these young guys. You pass the torch, put these guys in a position to succeed um, for the long-term sustainability of the franchise. So uh, he is the most important player in the franchise right now. Um, also, I think uh, the most, yeah, the impact rookie young player, it's William Eklund. So um, if it's not for Eklund, you want me to pick another young player? Uh, I think Zadina has a chance, right? We, we've we seen there's, there's a lot of, you know, stuff coming out about like how he's, didn't feel prepared, got thrown in too early with Detroit. I think new new situation for him, um, potentially some better quality centers that he had a chance to play with in, in Detroit. I'm going to breathe some life into his French, into his career, and maybe just not having to have the pressure of time to be the guy, right? As a former six-star ball pick, as Detroit was really kind of starting to enter their rebuild. Um, 
I think Zadina, you're going to, if he stays healthy, I think we could see kind of Zadina show flashes of why he was worth being that, that overall six overall pick. And then finally, uh, where do the Sharks finish in the Pacific? Um, dead last. Uh, they're going to be eighth. And again, that is for the long-term sustainability and future of the franchise. Um, that is what you want, right? Um, if I had to go right now, I'll, I'll go Edmonton wins it. I just think Connor McDavid is on a mission. Uh, I think they win the Pacific. I'll go Vegas number two. Give me the Kings at three. I think they're really, really good. Um, I'll go the wild card spot. spot. I'll go the Kraken. I'll go the Kraken. Give me Vancouver at five. Um, Calgary six. Anaheim seven ducks eight. That's my order right now. So um, yeah, it's going to be a long season, but there's hope out there, right? Beasted, Will Smith, Quentin Musty, William Eklund, Bortle, Robbins, Gushin. Uh, I think Ozzy's going to have a, a kind of a nice season this year. Like there's hope out there. So um, yes. And we'll get you ready for the draft. So um that is the state of the Sharks franchise right now is, is the future. This rebuild, how do the Sharks navigate this rebuild successfully and how do they put themselves in a position to succeed? Um, not just short-term, but how do they put themselves in position to succeed long-term and be one of those fun young teams that you point to and go, yeah, this team, they did this rebuild right and they're they're going to be a powerhouse in the NHL for years to come. So um, that's going to be it for me today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, of course, because we are back to five episodes a week. Uh, we're going to ask dumb questions about the Sharks and maybe see if they're not that actually dumb questions, but um, going to try a new thing that. So um, so make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, uh, you can watch on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at my fry hole. And until tomorrow, bye, friends.